Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything Kratom. Great to have you with us on this Thursday morning. Hoping all is well with you out there today. Just making a quick plug here, make sure to check out the link in the description to Happy Hippo's website where you can get a discount on Kratom products using the coupon code EVERYTHINGKRATOM. So today we're going to take a look at an article that I found, which I think is a really neat down-to-earth article, and I'm just going to point out a few key sentences or uh, paragraphs that, that are in this article. If you want to read it, the link is in the description as always, but I just thought that this was a very interesting, insightful article coming from a business owner. And the title of this article is The Business Case for Kratom, Why This Controversial Herbal Remedy Presents Opportunities Worth the Risk says expert. And I think that that's really neat because I've heard a lot about the opportunities of getting into the Kratom business. And I've heard that from people who are already in there and people who are just, you know, talking about it more as just like the idea of it uh, coming from the consumer side and thinking about all the potential there. But in all those conversations or in all those things that I've read or seen, uh, those people seem to all mention at some point or another the risk involved, given the fact that Kratom's legality is kind of up in the air. And this person, Robert Johnson, he's the CEO of Custom Capsule Consultants. And this is a white label supplement manufacturer He uh, based in California. And he's also the creator of CBD is Better and MicroBoost product lines. So he's a business consultant, consumer trend expert in the hemp, cannabis, and supplement spaces since 2008. So this guy knows what he's talking about. And I think that it was a fascinating article and he he touches on risk and where the risk lies, why it's there and why it's still worth getting involved in the business. So that's why I wanted to talk about it. It seems to be a specific topic that you can also step back from and take a look at from 10,000 feet to see, you know, generally where Kratom risk might be headed in terms of the Kratom industry. So let's take a look here. And for those of you who tend not to read articles, but you like want to, this one might be worth it. It's very short to the point, and the guy's writing style is pretty easy, but also intelligent. I'll put it that way. So I'll point out some key takeaways here. He says, I tracked public opinion, state laws, and FDA policy on Kratom manufacturing for years. While being a Kratom producer certainly has its challenges, shifting public opinion on the plant, as well as new scientific consensus on its benefits, have expanded business opportunities for legitimate companies to explore. And then he goes into the FDA opposition. And he says, anyone considering getting into Kratom production does need to be aware of the FDA's hostility toward Kratom. 
After a decade of working in the cannabis industry, I'm well accustomed to the regulatory animosity, but it's a factor that may dissuade some from getting into the game. That, that I thought was a really important point because this is not new, right? Like this is not something that has never happened before. The FDA has definitely had biases and also has had just general bureaucratic stances that result in other uh, potential industries being shut down. And of course, CBD is one that I think a lot of people know about, considering that's kind of the more recent thing. He goes on to say, the agency, which rejects the majority of new dietary ingredient notifications, has rejected notifications from Kratom six times thus far. That was new to me. I did not know that. He goes on to say, the lack of standards around how the plant matter is sourced, processed, or labeled is a real problem. But just like CBD, this dearth of oversight is actually also a bureaucratically created roadblock. This is really getting into the meat of it here. In virtually every story about the dangers of Kratom, a disturbing headline usually leads to an article about the danger of consuming an unregulated product, not harm caused by the actual plant. Our agencies and our media usually fail to make that distinction. Boy, hitting the nail right on the head. I know that I've brought up media before in a lot of you know episodes and definitely in a lot of ways more negatively. And I think that he's really hitting on the thing that's driving me bonkers when it comes to the media coverage. It's not that the media is covering this in a negative way. It's that they're just not making this distinction that all of these cases that they cover, all these risk factors that they're talking about, they all, all of them, except for, I will say, you know, one exception being the the potential for being addicted to Kratom in and of itself, just the plant itself. I've seen media companies talk about that. While I don't necessarily agree with that kind of, you know, uh, statement on Kratom, uh, that's not what I'm talking about here. The thing that I take issue with is the fact they don't distinguish between all of these cases they bring up where someone dies or someone is harmed or they're trying to ban it because of something that has nothing to do with the plant itself. It has to do with the product and how it's created, how it's created, how it's processed, not the plant itself. And that that needs to be distinguished from issues that someone might have with the plant itself. So that's a huge thing. Um, He also says, I and other ethical manufacturers continue to call for universal standards and testing for Kratom, but without FDA willingness to oversee and regulate Kratom, product inconsistency and lack of regulation will continue to provide ammunition for Kratom critics, (laughs) which in this case includes the FDA, (laughs) mind you. (laughs) Um, Okay, then he goes into some scientific consensus on Kratom. Um, Some of these things I don't really find are that useful that he cited. He does start off by saying that um, uh, hard data on the number of Kratom users is tough to come by. Some studies indicate millions of people do use it regularly to manage chronic pain and addiction issues. But then he's, he's, you know, citing surveys of people who are actually taking part in the pain news network survey. So that's obviously going to be slanted towards that. Um, And of course, survey and self-responses are obviously going to be more tilted that way. But he does also provide some useful information and sourcing, like he mentions the World Health Organization Expert Committee on Drug Dependence, which, yay, I'm always complaining people don't mention that, but it's kind of huge. So he does mention that they said there is insufficient evidence that Kratom has adverse effects on people who consume it. And then he gets into Kratom is in demand and growing more acceptable. 
And he says, because Kratom offers accessible pain management and harm reduction, it's only grown more popular as consumers shy away from opioids. As with cannabis and psychedelics, formerly illicit industries have become increasingly accepted, especially as new research indicates these substances can actually support health and well-being. So that is a really good point as well. This isn't new. I like to think often that Kratom is kind of in this unique situation, and I think that it is in a lot of ways, but when it comes to being something that is formerly illegal or formerly legal but then illegal and kind of in a gray area, it's not the first time. And uh, almost like cannabis is coming from the other direction. It's illegal now, but it's starting to become legal in different states and different areas, and it's kind of in this gray area from the other direction. So, um, you know, this isn't like completely new ground, but in a lot of ways it can be. Um, but, but he's saying that, that there's this group of people, there's this growing consensus that things that have been illegal in the past aren't necessarily bad for you and that these things need to be revisited, especially when it's been shown that they can help you in certain ways. So that is a, a, a cause and a sign for optimism, right? He goes on to say, intra-industry attitudes are shifting too. Two years ago, there were zero domestic merchant processors who were willing to take on the risk of Kratom. Today, qualified payment processors are beating down my door to handle my accounts. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, he says, in American smoke shops, Kratom sales outperform sales of CBD and Delta 8 and are second only to tobacco. Wow. I didn't know that. That is incredible. See, I'm learning here with you. <laughs> um... Okay, this is kind of the last bit, and this last section is called Kratom's risks are worth it, but profit margins alone won't fuel success. He says, in my experience, building a successful brand requires a purpose-driven mission. If Kratom simply looks like a good bet on paper for the latest lucrative supplement trend, and you're not interested in understanding how it works or in connecting with the community that's sprung up around it, your odds of success are low very bold and i think totally true this is not something that you can just say hey i'm getting into this it's popular and i'm gonna make a lot of money it's kind of a more intimate thing than that in a lot of ways i think that you know especially with my conversations with our friends down in florida talking about these kratom shops that are opening up these tea places um shout out to you all down there (laughs) hope you're listening today um, it, it just seems like Kratom is a bit more than just a product for people, right? Uh, to say at the least. I don't think that many people are just buying it just for the heck of it and, and and whatever. Like, there's a little bit of thought going into the purchasing of Kratom and all the different things that it's doing for people. And the fact that there's a Kratom community, right? Like, I don't see, like, an American Magnesium Association or something like that. <laughs> So there's obviously a bit more to it. And understanding the community is important. When we talked with uh, Sean at Philly Kratom, he was talking about how there's this situation in Radnor, Pennsylvania, where CBD Kratom plopped a shop down before talking to the community. And as a result, there was this huge backlash. And um, and that the situation is a little murkier than it might seem on the surface. And, and you know, it's important to understand your community physically as well. So I, I would think that in a business sense, it would make sense as well. What the heck are you selling? Why are you selling it? And who's buying it? And why are they buying it? All important things, in my opinion. He ends with this. This unfairly maligned plant remedy means a great deal to many people. If you're ready to embrace some risk tolerance, inspired to help others, 
believe in your brand, and are ready to do the work it takes to create an outstanding product, the odds of success with Kratom are in your favor. Very cool article. I think that it's well-written, straight to the point, not too long. Uh, The author, Robert Johnson, has a lot of experience. He certainly is an expert. And hey, you know, I'd listen. I would listen to this person. And I think that his, you know, one thing that I think comes abundantly clear from looking at the article, all the information he's providing and opinion is coming from a place of like decades of experience, obviously. But the one thing that the article's lacking is a lot of scientific research and citations showing Kratom isn't harmful. And it's not necessarily his fault. Like, I don't blame him for that. I think the article's really great and he's using whatever information is there that he can use. But it's precisely pointing out this point that there needs to be more research. But we need to have research that the FDA gets behind too, actually. I mean, like, the fact that the FDA is putting up roadblocks because of the potential dangers of the processing of Kratom, right? Let alone if Kratom is dangerous, uh, but also around that aspect as well. But then they say, well, there's no research showing that it's beneficial. It's like, okay, well, we need research. Like, (laughs) you can't just not let people do research and say, well, there's no research. So that's why we're going to not let you do research. (laughs) I mean, there's got to be a bit more backing and there has to be some more support thrown that way. And whenever they say, well, that study was, you know, conducted by someone who works with the American Kratom Association. It's like, okay, great. They're biased. So come up with your own study and uh, it won't be biased. And let's see if you find something different. But don't just complain and then don't put anything else out there. Yeah, they're doing Kratom studies because they're willing to do them and you're not. (laughs) So give us an alternative to look at. I'll listen. Anyway, that's my little mini rant here. But um, overall, thought this article was great. Thought it was worth mentioning. Hope you find it interesting as well. Again, be sure to check out Happy Hippo and use that coupon code Everything Kratom. And I'm making that plug one more time. And I will be back tomorrow to help finish off the week. And thanks so much for listening, everybody. All right, take care. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.